Week 5 of the Arizona high school football season is now in the books and it was a week that took some turns. Four wins and two losses is the record. Unfortunately, a pair of teams didn't take the field this past Friday night for COVID-related reasons. We'll elaborate over the course of the show as this is the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. Check out BQ Enterprises where all of your legal needs can be handled from A to Z. Ralph Amsden, Chili, along with Brett Quintel, where we talk football at the 3A, 4A, and 6A levels. And fellows, let's begin with the Seton Catholic Sentinels. Unfortunately, COVID concerns prevented them from traveling to Buckeye to face a Yonker Rough Rider team that had a good chance of losing to Seton Catholic. I think we were all kind of anticipating potentially a Sentinel victory. Chili, I'm going to have you elaborate on a couple of things if you could. Number one, it's just disappointing that teams all over the Valley don't get to play. I mean, you got to mask up, but also we'll get to see a couple of potential Seton Catholic Sentinels play when they do get to suit up. Yeah, um, you know, the, man, this isn't that difficult. and doesn't really need to be politicized. Like, Correct. just mask up and, like, uh, keep distance when you can. Um, you know, to record the podcast, you know, we, we do it in our in our area or whatever. But, like, you know, shoot, for the most part, like, when we're out and about, like, we're masked up. And, yep. you know, we're keeping a little distance when we're talking uh, or trying to as much as we can. So, um, yeah, just, you know, follow the life protocols, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just be smart about, you know, how you handle your business. Uh, you know, don't need to be going out to the bars and meeting up with your friends and stuff like that. You know, uh, invite somebody over to have a drink at, you know, your place somewhere that, you know, is clean and sanitized and, uh, whatever else. But yeah, the, the, the protocols for staying safe have been absolutely crazy. And, you know, it's weird because, you know, just, uh, two months ago, everybody was like, oh my God, I would do anything to <laughs> make sure that we're on the field and that our boys can play football again. And apparently that anything is anything until they're actually on the field. Then it becomes like, oh, then I don't need to mask up anymore because now we're back on the field, right? So if the world continues to keep that mentality, then we're going to continue to have to live with this uh, coronavirus situation. And this is going to trickle into the winter sports, which is is going to trickle into the spring sports, which is going to trickle into next fall sports. So like this will never go away if we don't help it go away. And the winter sports are obviously inside. Well, basketball and volleyball are. Yeah, so So, football a little bit easier and I'm not so, promoting no mass, not right, at all, right. but it's the wintertime. People are indoors. Right, right, right. And, you know, me me and Ralph, we literally spent my entire, the entire, like, four months of the pandemic weekly talking about this on Tuesday, kicking off the uh, Chili 2-piece on, on Periscope, discussing, like, COVID protocol, be safe, be smart, and, you know, with the how many however many thousand viewers I get, like, dude, it seems like only a percentage of them, whether it's a large percentage or not, seem to have followed. And... It's kind of disappointing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out like where we, how we get to going right again. Right, it's, it's a hard thing. It's it's really simple. Like, if we were talking about it in uh in like terms of football, you know, if you had the state's best offensive line, and you were down five points, and you were on the one yard line, you're not gonna line up in shotgun. I mean, it wouldn't. It definitely, percentage-wise, would not be the wisest thing to do uh-huh. to line up in shotgun on the one-yard line, down five with the game on the line, and you've got the best offensive line. Like that, it's very simple. That this is an airborne disease, and it travels uh-huh. in the like droplets of your spit when you talk, and so if you cover your mouth and you are an asymptomatic carrier, 
then you are going to slow the spread from yourself. And if other people are also wearing masks, it's it's just, it's math. It's simple. It's apolitical. It's very, very simple. Nobody even said that you don't have to, you can't go out and be about your business, you know. But if you are going to go out and be about your business, understand that there are ways of ensuring that we beat this. Correct. So let's line up in goal line formation. Let's pound it in. Like, like, like let's use what we know works and let's beat this thing. And unfortunately, you know, there are schools like Northwest Christian who don't seem to care at all. Uh-huh. You know, they've already had to miss um, games. They've already had to be handed masks trying to come to a Valley Christian volleyball game maskless. And then we have, you know, Richard Smith posting a picture at one in the morning this last week of of Northwest Christian's mm-hmm. entire I did crowd. See that. Yes. You know, packed into the stands without any masks at all. Some of these schools have been great. You know, I, I went to a, uh, a Verado game on Saturday, and everybody on the Cactus Shadow side that sat in the bleachers, for the most part, had their mask on. And the people that didn't sat six, seven feet away from everybody else. And here's this crazy thing with the Richard Smith picture. Aside from the picture, the responses weren't all, oh, hey, these guys should be masked up. No, Some were like, like, it was oh, like, well, hell yeah, Georgia these people does are, it. Let's, yeah. let's get oh, it popping. Yeah, it's like, like, hell yeah, that, these people are embracing their freedom right, to choose. That's, that's what's like, sad. Except, except that those choices have already had a negative effect on other people. It's not just you. Uh-huh. Yonker ends up missing games because of you doing what you did. And so, and you're not, you're not protecting your own kids. You don't know... Who on your team has people in their life uh-huh. who might be put at risk because of this? So you're asking them to not play football so that they don't pay for your choice that you're making. Wearing I for the very first time this weekend after seven months of it, I got very sick of wearing a mask. I switched to the uh, surgical kind from a cloth one, and then I was out on a grass field covering a game, and all of a sudden the humidity started kicking my ass. <laughs> and so, like, for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I got to – I I just need to take this thing off. I need to take a few, like, fresh breaths. Right, I just, yeah. like, feel constricted. And I, I get it. Like, there's parts of this that are super inconvenient uh-huh. and, that, and that suck. But at the same time, like, the alternative is what? We don't have a football season right now. Correct. Most people choose to participate in this. Then there are districts that, you know, you and I were both at a Phoenix Union Union game early Saturday morning. We were the only people that got let in. Right. And yes. the only reason they let me in is because I you told them could. I was with you. Sure. No, I Absolutely. told them I was with you. They oh, wouldn't good. let me in. Oh, all right. I said, That's I did one of those Wayne's World things. Oh, or not Wayne's right. World, uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> like, Seabass said that. Okay. Like, they okay. said, I said, I'm with them. And then they, they were like them, and then like you looked over and you waved and I waved, oh, okay. and they're like, oh, okay, so you're with them. Oh, I was wow. like, yes. Oh, that's <laughs> and so, awesome. Good. Yeah, and so, and I, I mean, I, so I got to be there and cover some Phoenix Union kids that it's the only coverage they're probably going to get true. all Very season true. long. And I stayed, I kept my distance, I didn't talk to anybody, I didn't shake anybody's hands. I stayed in one end zone. Um, I stayed behind the 10 yard line and all, and, and all that stuff. And, we and watched left. 20 penalties and. 24 yes. minutes. <laughs> yep, and then another 20 in the second half. No no parents in the stands, no no fans, nothing like that. So Phoenix Union is trying to do everything they can. Like they're they're going all the way to try they they made sure the kids were spread out on the sideline uh-huh. and everything like that. And then, you know, you, you go to some of these games and especially in the East Valley, East East Valley uh-huh. and uh <laughs> And, you know, Queen Creek earlier this season was doing everything they could to try to sell more tickets. More t- yeah, that was... 
And I was, was like, hey, how about you just let the crowd be the crowd? <laughs> let's not let's not take any unreasonable risk because you, you we all understand that if somebody gets this, that's two weeks off. That's right. And that might be ridiculous, but those are the rules. So we might as well follow the rules because it is it. My heart breaks every time I see a, a team lose two weeks Correct. in the middle of, of this season because they're not getting those games back. That's right. And depending on when you catch it, you might lose three games. That's right. Instead. Yeah. Like, so it's if y'all want to be free, y'all will have three free Fridays. So right. That's what and let's just point it. like let's point out the fact that like this just killed a Tolleson baseball coach who was one of us. Yes. He was prep sports media, 41 years old, and now he's dead. Uh-huh. Well, no, it's. Uh, I mean, so and, and a Chandler swim coach. Yeah, Kerry Crosswhite. That's very disappointing. It's just, uh, it's nutty. We'll, but, we'll let's we'll jump back to right, the, right, to the mass right, thing in a second. Right, 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 for sure. And you know, uh, getting back into you know Seton Catholic. Yeah. You know, they got some things that they uh, have to work on. Clearly, they're owing for. I know they're trying to get through a quarterback situation. I think Morris will be taking over. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I'm not sure what happened over there with their quarterback situation, but uh, I did see Morris get a majority of the snaps in that Mesquite game. And, you know, I was assuming that going into Yunker that he would probably be the QB1 over there for that. Um, and obviously for Yunker, the big story was going to be my man Mikey Castro was going to get back on the field because I'm pretty sure that he was available um, for the Yunker game. And because uh, I think 4A players only have to sit... I think the four games. That's the and that would have been the fifth. So, yes. fifth. so um, Mikey Castro would have been available. Um, super sad to see his arrival delayed, but they're going to get him back this week and they're going to need him because they got this yes. juggernaut ALA Queen Creek team coming through, uh, led by Logan Hubler uh, on offense yep. and Micah Farron on defense. But um, I think Seton Catholic has some pieces. They'll be able to keep this game competitive, yeah. I hope. Just, I'm not sure for how long. Correct, um, yes, indeed. As long as Mikey Castro goes, they go. Tough matchup ahead, yes. Facing the defending 3A champions, who are currently 4-1 and one on the year, in their move to 4A. We'll drop down to 3A for a bit and get into a pair of teams that are very solid at the 3A level. The Valley Christian Trojans, they fall to 4-1. and one. Wow, that's that's impressive, falling to 4-1. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. After being blanked by the ACP Knights 7-0. Ralph, it's fair to say that this is a game we didn't want to see either team lose. That's for sure. Someone had to fall short. Both feature running backs had 100 yards on the ground. Chavez to Chen for 16 yards was the only score. But clue us in on some injuries and just kind of the ebb and flow that you know of. Yeah, apparently no Gerard ACL loss for the season for Valley Christian. Uh, No Andrew Hansel high ankle sprain. So a couple of major injuries on the Valley Christian end. And then I guess there was a 4th and 15, and I want to say um, Valley Christian had potentially forced a punt and got hit with a 15-yard personal foul for 12 men on the field. And uh, Valley Christian was pretty furious about that because that's typically a 5-yard penalty, which would have meant that ACP still had to punt the ball away. Correct. Um, But they got hit with a 15-yard penalty because they said that the 12th person participated in the play, which makes it a personal foul which gave ACP a first down, which gave them the opportunity to score their only touchdown of the game, which ended up being the deciding touchdown. Now, you can get mad about that, obviously has a huge effect on the outcome of the game, but then you it's not like you lost 14-7. to 7. 
You didn't Correct. score at all. Right, right? No, so, that's true. You know, Valley Christian not being able to do anything on offense is certainly a credit to an ACP team that gave up over 40 points to uh, Blue Ridge, especially in those middle two quarters where they like the dam really broke. And so um, it's just it was a good defensive performance by ACP. You don't want to take anything away from them. Um, questionable referee decision, but sometimes you're on the right side of those, sometimes you're on the wrong side of those. You just have to be able to take advantage. Uh, Valley Christian, I heard, didn't do the best job of protecting the football. You have a couple of uh, fumbles and turnovers in there, and and that limits your ability to be effective. However, what we did learn from this game is that these two teams are competitive and contenders. First time the Valley Christian was shut out in the game since Castile ended Jeff Rutledge's Trojan career 64 to nothing on October 27th of 2017. But, Ralph, like you said, these two teams are contenders, Chile. Now, they might see each other again. So, I mean, uh-huh. there's a you know, good little uh, test for them, uh, for each other, because uh, Valley Christian might see them in the playoffs, because I think both of these teams are headed over there. So Definitely. Um, and three A's up in the air, because we had Snowflake as the number one team for um, – Pretty much the duration of the early part of the season, they went four and zero by like a total of twenty points, and then they just got wrecked by Round Valley this last Eesh. week. And so Round Valley was like the number nine team. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, and three A is going to be a big toss. I think. Yeah, I think anybody can win in three A for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, it'll be all about uh, all about matchups. But it's great to see uh, Richie Williams get his hundred yards. Uh, Caden Majerkak. Got his, I believe it was 120. So, yeah, overall, these are uh, two real competitive teams. And uh, they'll head up to Payson on Friday night, VC Will, to take on a Longhorn team that is two and 2-3. Another big game for the Knights as they take on a well-coached 2A Santa Cruz team Ooh. that checks in with a mark of four up and one down. And their one loss to Casa Grande, Was right? to Casa Grande, a 4 team. Smoke. Correct. So, yeah, this is uh, – and that's the cool thing that we're seeing this year – a lot of matchups that we never would have seen from various conferences because of because uh, of COVID. And speaking of a matchup that uh, we wouldn't have seen, at least not during the regular season, the Castile Colts. They took on the Saguaro Sabercats in a game that was scheduled very late in the week due to COVID. They came up short 48-20. Dane Christensen, he put up the ball 53 times and... Sheesh. He connected his top two receivers, Isaiah Newcomb and Dominic Digian, combined for 22 receptions and 234 yards. Chile, the Colts put up a fight, but in the end, Saguaro rarely loses. And something we spoke about last week, we still are looking for a go-to guy on the ground for Castile. Yeah, no, I mean, 34 yards rushing is absolutely mind-boggling. I know that Saguaro has a tough front, but um, still 34 yards is absolutely mind-boggling from uh Castile, because typically they have somebody that pops off for you know eighty to a hundred to a buck ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Saguaro, I think, uh, I think Castile got caught up. I think uh, you know Saguaro's two-headed quarterback situation. Uh, the mad, mad scientist uh, Jason Mons over there, kind of you know mixing it up with uh, Xander Warner running and Ridge Dutchkoff throwing. Uh, probably threw Castile's young uh, defensive backs off because you know they got a pair of uh, freshman uh, defensive backs Very over there, true. JJ Newcomb and uh, Kennedy Erlacher. Um, super, super talented, but, but sometimes, yeah. you know, processing some of this stuff, you know, especially two different quarterbacks that do, uh, that have two completely different skill sets is, and one's lefty and one's righty. So like, it, and it they were the taking on arguably the best team that they've ever faced as a program. I mean, yes, they've gone up against Centennial a couple of yeah. times, but Saguaro yeah, has that, yeah, so that, that, that. That's absolutely fair to say. Um. I, I, I didn't think about that personally, but now that you bring that up, that's absolutely true. Um, I know that uh, 
this you know just like we said just like I said earlier this is going to be a good measuring stick for Castile now they know who they're trying to play against uh, mm -hmm. going forward because Saguaro is fully an open team and they saw the best version of Saguaro now that Saguaro yep. has all their transfers in so that they took this loss you know uh, 48 to 20 I know it's not a loss they wanted to take two losses they can still get into the open they're gonna have to win uh, this week. I believe they got Chaparral. Yep. And you know they really got to make sure they take the rest of these games seriously. Like I know they will. I, I know Coach Newcomb will have them motivated um, to play Saguaro on such short notice. Um, you know it, it was absolutely amazing. Um, absolutely. That, that they took that challenge on. Like I said on Twitter, uh, Castile backs down from no one, and they really proved it. Forty-eight to twenty is not reflective of the actual performance that was out there. It was it was thirty four to seven at halftime, and I just want to know what that says about Hamilton. Because defensively, it did it, they weren't able to do anything. Xander Werner had four rushing touchdowns, and there's not really a whole lot you can do about a six foot four, two hundred and ten pound guy who decides he's gonna take <laughs> over and, and 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 run the ball himself. You know, he he also threw one, and, and you have to. You have to wonder who is it this year that Castile might have to face um, that has a legit running game because I would say that Saguaro's is good but not great. That's fair. And and you would you would think that you're not having a running game yourself against some of these more elite teams and then not being able to stop the run that's really going to be your kryptonite. But I look at the six A and I, I I don't think Castile makes the open. And if they do, they're in trouble. That's just a fact. Uh, because there are a couple of teams in the open who really don't belong on the field with anybody else in Arizona right now. Um, but if Castile makes the 6A and they're one of the higher seeds... That's a totally you know, different story. You know, sure. who, who is it that could give them trouble? And it's going to be you know, the primarily um, running team. So they basically have to... They, they could do something really special this year so long as they miss... Chandler, Hamilton, and probably Centennial, if we're being honest. But anybody else out there with a real, real good running game, you know, maybe a, maybe a Highland could give them a little bit of trouble. So they got to hope they miss some of those schools. Other than that, I think they're probably one of the more elite 6A teams, and they proved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 100%. They definitely are in good shape. And as you guys said, yes, Bobby Newcomb's team, they'll go up against the Chaparral Firebirds on Friday night. So let's pause for a minute. Let's talk about uh, a Perry letter that uh, so Danielle Lerner of ABC News. She tweeted out uh, a letter in which it's from the Perry High School uh, administration. Two lines kind of uh, jump out at me. A student athlete tested positive for COVID-19 and will require 35 football players to quarantine for the next 14 days. That's sentence one, and that's fine. The one that really is, I'm going to say, kind of disturbing in addition to the student-athlete who is positive, injuries and non-COVID-related illnesses has affected our ability to safely field the varsity team at this time. To me, and maybe you guys disagree, maybe Perry Nation disagrees, that's throwing in the towel. Yes. And I say that because you've got a JV, you've got a varsity, you bring those up. No, this is not the strongest Pumas team of all time. We Even Coach Jones will probably say that. But at the same time... Non-related COVID is one thing. You don't screw around right, with right. COVID, but non-related illnesses. Okay, you've got a few guys out. You bring up guys from JV. You see what your freshmen look like. This is their chance to play. I don't think you don't play because of non-COVID 
situations. I mean, I'm not like a, I'm not like a uh, expert mathematician or anything like that. But um, you know, I did teach elementary school math. Um, they have like, they have like 70, 80 players on their varsity roster. If I subtract, let's let let's say the low number seventy. Sure. If I subtract thirty five, that leaves thirty five on there. Um, you could bring up 10, 10, 15 JV players. I know they're not going to be ready, mm -hmm. but for depth purposes and scout team purposes, um, that would essentially be what Saguaro typically has Correct. for their games, what, what a lot of these 5A teams have for their games. Um, Perry has like, I've, I've heard in the past, has like 300 kids in the program. Correct. It may not be that many, but they've got a lot. Like, they've got a lot. They've... And the non, and again, I think we're you and I are saying the same thing. It's the non-COVID illness that is disturbing. If you've got a quarantine, a ton of kids, and you can't, because we're seeing that all over the valley. And but if you're not feeling a team because you've got some injuries, I, I that's to me, it's I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I you know, but they're still going to run their freshmen out there tonight. So like they're still playing some football. P.S. They uh, still don't think program wide they've they've won a game, so I don't really know what's going on right. uh, out there. But they they're they're at least doing something. So they they're running their freshmen out there tonight. Um, I don't understand the non-COVID related right. illness. Part. Right, that's my thing. Yes, that's. Yeah. So, so were they saying that other people that would have been cleared to play? All had the flu. Right. I mean, I just... Maybe there's some... In, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that... Why, and and I, also, why is it different for them? And they just say, like, hey, we had a positive COVID test, contact tracing, and, and just because of normal procedure, we're going to miss the next two weeks. Correct. Why do you have to mention anything else That's also it's, the weird thing. Yes. And, I mean, I would like to think that they can... They'll field a team when they play Basha in three weeks. I mean, that would be their last game of the year. So you're assuming that they're not going to play Pinnacle? I'm sorry, Pinnacle. All right, Pinnacle and then that, yes. You're okay. right. No, I would hate Because, because I'm, I'm kind of assuming yeah. they're not going to play Pinnacle for the same reason uh, Chaparral didn't, didn't play, play Hamilton. Hamilton. Because right. when they're done with their 14-day quarantine, that's going to be on Thursday. Correct. And I think that they're going to claim that a short practice week or not enough practice time to prepare means that they can't play Pinnacle and plus they got people that are sick and need band-aids and things like that, like, they can't, you know, uh, field a team. So, like, I understand that, um, but, like, let let us know officially now yes. that you are skipping Pinnacle so that we can match Pinnacle up and With give somebody. those kids something that they deserve. Correct. Like, don't hold everybody hostage because, you know, you want to wait until the last minute, like, happened with Castile and, you know, mm -hmm. give teams zero time to prepare. I think that that is the most unfortunate and unfair thing. And, you know, I like to think and hope that I know Coach Jones well enough to know that he is a fair person. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, I, I just... For the case of accuracy, I want to make sure that I correct myself. JV football... They have one win. ...beat Castile yes. last Thursday. So, the program as a whole... Has, has one win. one win. Um, but, yes, indeed, the, let's hope they can play Pinnacle. Yeah, no, I, I definitely... Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy scenario. I mean, again, we're saying with the, just the general press release, hey, just COVID reason. But when you start bringing in the non-illness, um, 
that is what is questioned and yes yeah. it's, it's um it's different but um uh, let's stay along val vista and talk about uh another team and that would be the Basher Bears, they post another shutout, 48-0 over the Jaguars of Canyonview. They improved their record to 3-2. DeMond Williams Jr., the freshman QB with three touchdown passes, two of them to Trent Pennington. Three different Bears found the end zone rushing, and wow, it's another goose egg for the Bears defense. First time they pitched back-to-back shutouts since October 28th and November 4th of 2011, I believe Yeesh. it was, when they rolled Maryvale and Tucson by a combined 124 to nothing. Fellas, I think we're just really optimistic and loving this Basher Bears team. I think that, you know, this was a great confidence builder for the kids to, you know, get out there versus uh, this, uh, you know, this weaker Canyon View team. Um, beat them up a little bit. Uh, and also, you know, obviously show your guys what they're capable of doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, against live competition. So, Correct. You know, um, does this does this prepare them for, you know, what would be a Perry rivalry game? Um, yes, I do think it does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think this is somewhere between like a scrimmage and, you know, a big time game like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm excited for this uh, Basha team to see to see where they where they take this and how they build off of this back to back shutouts. That's, that's, nice. a, that's a big deal. That's a big it deal. Is. So, <laughs> yes. you know, um, can't not being funny. It wasn't that long ago that they were getting shut out back, back to back, back weeks, so. and now they're throwing the donuts as opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to receiving and, them. And that's important. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they beat a tough. You know, I kind of think it's a tough Mountain Point team. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I know that yeah. they're I know that they're reeling, winless, or whatever. But they're winning the games that they're supposed to be Correct. winning. Correct. And I think that that's the important thing. Uh, you know, right now with the COVID situation and all the new regions, you got to redefine like. What yes. the games you're supposed to win are. That's right. And they beat Desert Vista. They beat Mountain Point. They beat Canyon View. They put three together. We call that a winning streak. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they took Corona del Sol to the wire. They're 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 gonna beat Mesa. They're gonna yes. beat Mesa. Yeah, I got to see um, the Jackrabbits this past week. And Mountain View is gonna be yeah. undefeated. And Perry is hopefully gonna be the last last home game. I said this team was a five and three team. If they squeeze out six, you know, I won't be surprised right now. Now I'll ask you, or go ahead. I was I say, every day that goes by, that loss to Corona that you were also at mm-hmm. looks more and more impressive. It does. Because that almost was not a. It wasn't loss almost to right. It was. I mean, it took a ninety-seven yard drive undefeated. by a senior quarterback to beat them. So I mean, this is. It, a, uh, I'm starting to have expectations that I never had that they can compete with Mountain View because they're, they're probably going to run into an undefeated Mountain View team. Yes. Ass- yes. Assuming everybody, you have to premise everything with assuming everybody gets on the field. Uh, sure. And I've been really impressed with, you know, you got to do what you can with the opportunities you're given. And they have some senior leadership mm-hmm. from Carson Bachman. Yeah. Who is, you know, I think he had, he had a big kick return. He had a, a rushing he, touchdown. Yeah, he had the kick return for a touchdown against touchdown. Corona. Yeah. Um, I think he might have even had an interception in this game against Canterbury. He's, um, he's good. Yes. He's good, and, and that's what they need. They need somebody to step up and, and give a little relief. And, the, and I'm the, gonna, they're using their freshman quarterback really well. Uh, they're only putting him in positions to succeed and not have to win games on his own. They are, yeah. And he's completing a high number of passes. I mean, even if he goes... 11 of, I'm just going to throw out a random number. I don't know if it's accurate. 11 of 15 for 163. Maybe I'm close to it. Maybe I'm, that's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're right, Ralph. He doesn't have to throw for 250. He's completing some short passes. He's letting some guys do work. Andrew Barney. I mean, this is yeah. 
They're using their resources really well. I remember when Pinnacle ran Spencer Rattler out there as a freshman. They're like, okay, we're going to run our offense, and you're going to have to grow up quick. And he yeah. struggled some days, and he thrived some other days. And that doesn't seem to be the case of what's going on at Basha at all. It's no. you know, We're, we're going to kind of protect your psyche, understand that we're not out trying to win championships this year. We're going to put you in positions to succeed, uh-huh. and then you take advantage of those, and he is. I mean, 63% uh, completion rate. Uh, you know, 114 quarterback rating. I mean, for a freshman quarterback, thrown for uh, 850 plus yards, ran for probably about another, um, you know, 200. I mean, my man's doing things. My number one rated quarterback of the class. So, you know, I, you know, I can't say that I'm too. I can't. I really can't say I'm too surprised. I kind of expected him to be around here. Um, so I'm super proud of him and uh, what he's accomplished so far. Uh, that loss to Shadow Ridge, 10 points. That loss to Corona, 4 points. Four points. 14 points, two touchdowns makes a difference. And, um, you know, I'm, I you know, I don't want the team to beat themselves up over it. But, I mean, shoot, those are two touchdowns that they could have gotten easily. Absolutely. I mean, I look at this team and we're like, wow, they could be 5-3, and 6-2. and two. We're talking about a team that, and again, just we'll have to see how the first set of rankings come out and how teams are potentially positioned. Maybe they get a first-round home game. I mean, you just never know. Well, if it's 16 teams, 18. This is a team that I think is going to go further than we probably anticipated when we did week one of the podcast. I mean, I think they're they're starting to gel really well. So we'll uh, and again, it's all about the matchups, and we'll uh, we'll see how the whole postseason shakes out in a couple weeks. The Chandler Wolves, back to back to back to back state championships, 31-7 winners over the Centennial Coyotes. 31 consecutive wins for Rick Garrison's club in Chile. While it wasn't Jeremiah Moore, it was Nicholas Nesbitt with a pair of scores. Yeah, um, he actually had three scores. He, he caught one, too. Oh, he um, caught one? Okay. Yeah, he, he caught one over the top of the Centennial Defenders. Uh, looked really, really nice. Mikey Keene just let it float up there, and, uh, and he ran under it. Um, this, is a, uh, this is a tough Chandler team that got punched in the mouth early. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of things from them. Uh, you know, good good... Really, really good. Um, I want to try to shed as positive a light on this as possible because I know it could be taken the wrong way. For the first time in a long time, not that Chandler doesn't have fire, but I saw a little chippiness. I saw a little attitude. They didn't like getting punched back. um, And they made sure to fight back and come back even harder, make sure that they're laying the hits. They came out a little bit flat. Um, This game could have been three to nothing centennial at one point. This game could have been uh, tied at six. This game could have been 13-13 going into halftime. Um, all things that you know, kind of, uh, as far as an Arizona team is concerned, other than the other than the big Hamilton rivalry game, uh, you know, Chandler doesn't really see this very often. Um, true. They usually That's have to kind true. of they usually have to kind of wait until the playoffs, hopefully, to get to, tested to yeah. get tested or have an out of state team come in and test them. Um, it happened now. Mid, at the midway point of the season, which I think is amazing because I think that this Chandler team needed it to get, you know, kind of like re-inspired, you know. And That's let, fair. You know, and man, Kyler Orr, I saw some fire from him, and it was just exciting to see them, you know, fired up and not just, you know, uh, destroying a team 64 to nothing like they did to Pinnacle earlier this year. I talked to Kyler Orr after the game on the vlog, and, you know, he said that he liked it. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed the competition. He went. He went out after the game to you know kind of like fist bump and uh, kind of like wave and tell the Centennial players kind of you know hey thanks guys it was, it was a good game um, hard fought uh, 
I think there's some mutual respect there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I was just super impressed with some of the fire that I saw. Like, because I, I always wonder, does Chandler really have these emotions or do they just like go out and roll over and steamroll everybody? And sure. it was cool to see Tony Brewer fired up and um, some of those defensive backs, uh, Travis Roberts and Control Williams, Williams yeah. uh, you know, jumping up and down and beating their chest, you know, because they made, they had an opportunity to do something big. Frankie Morales was in there making plays, uh, one of their safeties over there. And a test and, like this is, I'm not even going to say good vital, because you're going to get tested in the postseason in some capacity, whether it's the final game or, as we've seen the last two years, the semifinal game. Right, right, right. Whether it's so, high on the south point. Somebody's going to show up and... So Chandler to get kind of so, woke a little bit yeah, so is good. The, so the last few years, obviously, like I've had to wait till Hamilton. I've had to wait till uh, South Point. I had to wait till Highland to see some of this fire come out. And, you know, midway through the season, unfortunately for all the other teams out there that have to see Chandler on their schedule, but it was really, really nice to see it early. early. Absolutely. And speaking of Highland, that'll be Chandler's next opponent, actually, since Eesh. the Wolves are... Not going to be playing this week because DV has COVID. And so is Chandler throwing up 31-7? I saw Mikey Keene threw his first pick of the season in, yeah. the, in, the, fourth, in yeah. the fourth quarter. So you, when you're so used to being up 50, does 24 still feel like the time to, to run your offense? Or, or what's, the, what's the story there? Because that, yeah. one, that one made me laugh. So, you know, I, I, think, I think, you know, um, the Chandler mentality is, uh, you know, we we got we got to win and we're gonna you know we gotta kind of gotta win big you know uh, we gotta keep everybody in their quote unquote place um, you know we are we are the kings mm -hmm. and you guys are everybody else right <laughs> so I think that you know I think that you know it's not it's not enough thirty one to seven isn't enough and you know I, I made a comment on the yeah, vlog running with, clock is their goal right I made a comment game. on the vlog you know to Kevin McCabe I was like hey look you know sometimes you gotta run the bill up. And there's bad running the bill up when you're up 70 to nothing and still, still you know, running your guys into sure. the end zone and stuff and throwing over the top of the defense. And then there's, you know, running the bill up just because, you know, hey, you know your guy, you know the uh, guy paying for it can afford it, right? So yeah. I think that that's what Garrison was doing. You know, he's going to try to put on this uh, healthy 38, 40 spot on them and, you know, just look, 40 to 7, 38 to 7, it just looks a lot better than 31 to 7. It's um, true. And well, not he that, does. He and does. Garrison doesn't do this for the vanity of the scoreboard or anything like that. But you know, I think like in the consciousness of Chandler, it's like, hey, look, you know what? We're just gonna run the bill up a little bit, and then we're gonna let them run the clock out the way that we know that they're going sure. to do. So you know, we're not gonna get away from what we do, and we know what they're gonna do. Yeah. Um, there were some hard hits this game. It was nice. There's yeah, I, I didn't. I I know that a lot of people kind of like made this their game of the week. Um, I really think it was worthwhile after watching what Hamilton did to Centennial and seeing what Chandler can do. I didn't think that this was going to be on the level of some. It wasn't going to have the importance of some of the other games. I never gave Centennial any uh, bit of a chance whatsoever. Holding Chandler to 31, I guess, is impressive. Uh, it was cool to see Keon Gray's come out of this with an Oregon offer, you yeah. know, and to go with his Ohio State offer you know he's a 2022 kid he's got some big decisions to make and um the other thing that was really cool to see this week was i don't know if you guys saw cameron jordan had a big thing in the players tribune 
um, the, the title of it was the home that built me. And then I, you know, I opened it up to see if it was, you know, going to have anything to do with, uh, with, with his time at Chandler because he walks around with that Chandler patch on his, uh-huh. uh, the jacket that he wears to all these saints games. Um, and it wasn't, it was just about Steve Jordan, his dad who played for the Minnesota okay. Vikings. And it was, it was a really, really great read, but, um, I just I, I love how people stay connected to this Chandler program. Absolutely. That's my wish for all of these other sure. you know programs and and some of these programs haven't really had an opportunity for that you know um, you know Ryan Kelly getting hurt when he was uh, at ASU and not being able to finish his football career. We'll see if that's if, if that's the relationship that the Purdies have with Perry and they right. can carry things on. But one of my favorite things about Chandler football right now is you, you can't turn on a game without you know some at least one degree of separation that's right. from you know somebody who has something to do. With with, uh, with Chandler High, and so, um, yeah, man, I, this is another really, really big win. This is, you know, probably the first season in a really long time that Centennial has taken two big losses like that, and for anybody in Centennial Nation who has, you know, some of the, probably the most annoying fans in the history <laughs> of Twitter, good people, but they got a couple of super, super annoying super fans out there, um, I, I think you know what's up now. I think you know that sure. everything runs through not just the East Valley, but the city of Absolutely. city of Chandler. So, and and it's it probably going to be that way for a long time. That's very true. Now it'll be interesting to see where uh, Centennial kind of uh, ends up in the uh, the open scenario. A Centennial Saguaro matchup might be interesting. But, uh, oh no, for sure. Because uh, um, I mean, we know Centennial can play. They've just been manhandled on Arizona Avenue. And obviously, like you said, Chandler's going to have the week off this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make it clear to everybody. I did tell everybody that I was going to drop an exclusive on the Seatown Rivals podcast. I want to make this fully, fully clear to everybody that is listening. It is not Chandler that is afraid of IMG. As I have been in contact now with both sides. Um, I am not going to say that IMG is afraid of Chandler. But this thing is going both ways. And I do think that we are going to get this matchup sooner or later where... The nation's quote unquote number one uh, darling in IMG is going to play Chile's number one team in the country in Chandler. And we are going to find out sometime this season, most likely in the Geico Bowl, that Chandler is actually the country's number one team. Interesting. You 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 almost made that happen this week. That's too that's too much power. I'm glad it didn't. Man. That would have been that would have been. I, I don't know if we could have continued this podcast. You'd have been on another level. I'm I'm, I'm just saying. I you know I, I I had contact on both sides, and um, you know I, I like I said I I know it is Chandler has an open field, and IMG has this budget. I know that they need a couple days notice. I think I was told three. Um, you know we still have Saturday. Um, it's unlikely to happen, but it is not Chandler that is afraid. I am just going to put that out there because I know that there's a lot of uh, parents. I know there's a lot of other media out there kind of trying to bark and say and slide things in text messages to other people saying, oh, Chandler won't pick up their phone. That is not true. That's, uh, it's good to know. Very good to know. And it'd be even better to see. That's for sure. Last but not least, the Hamilton Huskies. They defeated the Desert Vista Thunder 38-17. What I like about this team is they continue to spread the ball around. Eight different Huskies caught passes and eight different Huskies carried the ball, highlighted by Rodney Clemente's three scores. The hard-hitting Highland Hawks, they will wait on the Huskies on Friday night. They're looking to avenge their loss to Queen Creek, but uh, before we even preview that, just this Hamilton team, is uh, they keep going and going. Yeah, yeah, they're... I mean, they're very, very, very well built. They're very consistent. Does Highland have a chance? Yes. 
but they are going to have to do better than what they did against Queen Creek. They're going to have That's to come out sure. and play this game like they actually want to win. And I know that they played hard against Queen Creek. I'm not trying to dis discount that. But Max Davis is going to have to be Max Davis that we've seen the first few weeks of the season. Um, he's going to have to have a big game. He's going to have to go off for probably 200, 250 yards. Uh, the Daily Show is going to have to show up and uh, distribute the ball to some of his Gage. talented. Yes, to some of his talented. Um, receivers over there, the Whitmores and uh, the Stewarts and some of those guys, and get and make sure that you know they make it cook. That defense is going to have to come to hit because uh, this Hamilton offense, you know, although I really fully haven't seen it yet, is very very juggernaut like. Nico Marquial is a talent, and um, he had 200 through the air and one touchdown. I am waiting for the breakout game because it's coming. I just don't know when. It could be versus Highland. Um, you know, he could dump a 350-yard game uh, at any point, throw three touchdowns, no problem. Um, Noah Schmidt is an He's absolute a guy. He's issue. He's a beast. He is really good. Mm -hmm. Him against and Max Davis. I, I might go to this game. To, him, to, him against Max Davis? To like, couple him with Clemente is yeah. um, thunder-lightning type. Like, and let's not forget tough. about the... Uh... Uh, Buchanan. Day Day Buchanan is tough. One of my super talented 2023 yeah. kids. Um, you we know, got a, we got a commitment. Uh, we got the young Shuck. Brady. He's yeah, yeah. Headed NAU. 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 Yes. Congratulations yeah. to him. That's big. That's big because yeah. they don't have a ton of scholarship room. And my, my only thing with Hamilton is using too many guys both ways. I think that later on in the in the open playoffs, I think that that and catches up to you. Like, I, I don't know if like in a in a full game, if you can have guys going both ways versus Chandler. Um, if that's the game that you're playing for, right. one, you're going to see that in a few weeks. But just guys going both ways is tough. But I do love seeing my man Primetime Junior Cole Martin getting some offensive reps. Uh, you know, I know he had a uh, catch this week, so um, shout out to him. And he's going to start playing the game the way I know he loves playing the game. And he's going to get some opportunities. So um, that kid is dangerous with the ball in his hands. So... Overall, I think the uh, the two teams on Arizona Avenue, they may be on a collision course uh, more than one time this year. That's for sure. One game is already set, but again, that's us getting way ahead of ourselves. But the city of Chandler's in good shape with football. We talked about it at the 3A level, and both teams are solid, and certainly at the 6A level. And, I mean, we're actually entertaining the fact that maybe there's three of our teams in the open. Obviously, it'll be Hamilton Chandler, and we're certainly pushing for Castile, and we'll be, uh, we'll be pushing those rankings next week. Hopefully, we'll get those to be able to talk about. Until now, he's Ralph. He's Chili. I'm Brett Quintung from BQ Enterprises. See you guys next week.